Hello and welcome to My Rural Tribe with Sean Mercer, the podcast that celebrates all things rural, the people that live and work within it and whose passion I find inspiring. I'm your host, Sean Mercer, photographer by day and podcaster by night, with a lifelong passion for all things farming. I come from a family of farmers and have worked within the industry all my life and to me it's just like coming home. I bring you this podcast because I'm basically nosy and want to learn more about what makes a farmer, where does that passion come from and what does being a farmer mean to them and to find out their story. To me, farmers are heroes and I want their stories to be heard. Today I am speaking to Claire Steed. She's based in North Yorkshire and she's farming just over 1,400 acres of tenanted farmland with her brother Steve. They are farming around 1,500 ewes, 115 Aberdeen Angus Cross cattle, uh, growing barley and kale and also looking after 2,000 gimmers which are outwintered and shepherded by the pair. I've never met Claire, I just follow her on Instagram and really enjoy seeing her stories of um, her daily farming life, the highs and the lows. Um, and also just really enjoy her no-nonsense Yorkshire lass approach. So let's go and meet Claire. So uh, welcome to My Rural Tribe. Uh, this week I'm talking to Claire Steed. Um, Claire's from North Yorkshire and is uh, farming on a beef and sheep and arable farm with her brother Steve. So uh, welcome Claire. Hello, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm not too bad, dealing with a little bit of snow this morning, but I'm fine. Oh, excellent. So thank you very much for your time um, uh, coming to speak to me. So I have never met Claire in real life, but I um, follow Claire on Instagram and I just really enjoy uh, seeing her life on there, especially on the farm. So how long have you uh, been on Instagram? Uh, just over a year I think it was January last year that I joined and uh, what has Instagram uh, brought to you well initially it set off as something for myself because I enjoyed taking photographs and making compositions so it's kind of a, a farm diary for myself um, and then I realized that people were following me and were interested in what I was doing and asking questions so I did start doing some Instagram stories as well, just about daily life on the farm. And um, people seemed to have engaged with it and started following me. And what sort of um, engagement is, is that? Is that farmers and um, non-farmers, the public? I would say it's 50-50 from what I can tell. Um, so you have farmers that are sharing information and are interested in what you're doing and how you're doing things and also telling you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then there is the um, sort of non-farming, non-countryside community who are just genuinely interested in a different way of life to their own. And are you uh, like getting lots of positive comments on there and questions? I would say um, it's been being on Instagram. I'm not on any other social media. It was the first time I'd come on it, and I found it a positive experience. Really, just people who are genuinely interested, and also talking to other farmers and making its own sort of little Instagram community mm. in what can be a, a, an isolating job at times. Yeah, how do you cope with that um, isolation? Is like, you know, has that then Instagram become like really important or do you, are you lucky that you've got a community around you as well? I think I am quite lucky in that it's um, quite a, a busy community of farmers around me and also I do farm with my family 
But there are elements when it can be a hard day. You've had a hard day, you're on your own. The weather's miserable and you think, what am I doing? It is nice that there is a, a community online that are going through the same thing and sort of sharing the same thing with you. Yeah, because at the moment there's a there is a lot about mental health in um, agriculture, especially with farmers. So, you know, has that being on social media has that helped you then? I think so. I think it's um, the older generation, perhaps just a little bit older than me, are known for being very sort of stoic and, and not sharing their feelings. Mm. And it can be stressful if you're working on your own or if you have a family to support and the money isn't generally great. If you ask most farmers, they're doing it for the love and the lifestyle. The money's not amazing, but there are pressures. Um, and I think social media does help with people telling their stories. If you are suffering, you, you don't feel alone. So I think that's a positive. Yeah, because I, you know, I follow a lot of farmers on Instagram and again, it's the same, it's the sharing, I think is really important. So obviously at the moment it's flooding and like you said, you've got snow today and I should imagine for you is it when you see other farmers putting up similar you know wet or snow posts <laughs> and it just makes you think actually i'm not alone there's other people going through this and does that is, do definitely you, yeah it, it definitely is i think um before the invent of these lovely phones where you can take videos and contact other people it, it could be quite isolating but it is nice like it's you say it's a, a little community and you can see what everyone's doing and people often do drop each other a quick message saying hope you're okay in the snow or isn't it awful it does just kind of pep you up a little yeah yeah i uh, really enjoy there was uh, you did uh, just an instagram um you know story of the day and it was you um, having a conversation with someone else just via video and it was like oh it's dry up here and then there was a guy i don't know if that was your brother or somebody just going wet down here and that was just i just found that really funny that you were having this sort of conversation on your story via video and uh, yes i really yes, like that, that. i think it was fab um, yes. And he uh, he was saying, I don't think the storm's going to affect us. And I was saying, don't <laughs> yeah. count your chickens. And I'd like to point out I was right. <laughs> yeah, because I, when I saw that, I was like, gosh, because I think I looked out my window and I'm in Warwickshire yeah. and it's been, we haven't really been affected where I am. And I thought, yeah, it's going to be, what was the uh, weatherman? Um, he was like, oh, there's no storm in 1987. And then that's right. Was, exactly. <laughs> and then it sort of all went wrong from there. Um, well, you've, you've got to have a laugh, haven't you? That's part of it. You do have to have some humour, I think. Oh, yeah, I think that's really important. Uh, so you um, you grew up on the family farm, is that correct? Yes, I did. I was born and raised on um, my parents' farm, which um, my brother farms, and um, grew up there. Um, and now we've expanded and we've got quite a few farms. We're tenant farmers, over a thousand acres now. So oh, yes, wow. that's a big, big lot of land to be covering then. Lots of land, lots of animals, um, hard work, but I love it. You haven't always been a farmer, though. You left uh, to go and do yeah. other work? Yes. I kind of went through a rebellious phase, which I think we all do sometimes. And uh, when I left secondary school, um, I went away to train to be a graphic designer, became a graphic designer, and then also went into wedding and event coordination and dealing with brides well sheep are much easier to deal with than brides I can tell you um, and then I went back to the family farm after about six or seven years away from it so what, what took you back to the family farm um, well I'd always helped out you know weekends and the evenings and busy periods and I was still trying to find out what I wanted to do 
And when the farm expanded um, and I had the opportunity to go back home and, and be a farmer full time, I realised it's what I wanted, it was what was in my heart. And I jumped at the chance after working in an office um, and in different environments, I realised that wasn't for me. That pulled you back then, because often farmers say, you know, it's a lifestyle, it's in my blood. Um, what is that? What? What, yeah, what, what is that? What, what draws you back to the farm? What makes, you know, because it's not an easy life, farming, is it? It's hard and, you know. No, you're, you're right, it's hard, it's a lifestyle, but um, I can only tell it from my perspective. And I think being born and living in the countryside and being immersed in farming, um, it is in your blood. And even though I was working away, which, by the way, I think maybe is quite a good thing because you get a better perspective of farming when you've been away for a little while, be it for whatever reason, you realise that that's what you want. Um, and I just decided to follow my heart and leave the office 95 behind and go back onto the farm. And I, I've never looked back. I'm, I'm very pleased with my decision. Yeah, I just think it's really important that people hear that. I, I think it's also important, like you said, that to leave the farm as well if you know having that opportunity yeah it, it means you don't you don't regret going away from the farm I, I know a lot of people will go straight from school onto farm and farm all their lives and love it and never look back but for me it gave a perspective you realized what is out there career-wise perhaps in offices or in other jobs and you can compare it to your farm and farm life and make an informed decision on whether you go back into farming or not yeah. um, and I just think it, it provides a better basis for your future. Yeah no definitely and um, what um, what skills did you bring from the office back to the farm do you think apart from being able to maybe use an excel sheet? Or something? <laughs> well, yeah that is quite handy now because farmers do have to be um, have to deal with a lot of paperwork now um, and admin which which I can do again I'd learnt all that in the office environment but also I think uh, dealing with people some farmers can be quite insular and don't do well dealing with people um i'm certainly not frightened to pick up a phone or deal with things and just get on with it and uh being organized with the paperwork um mm. you know no yeah. disrespect to my dad but his office was a disgrace so i've sorted that out <laughs> yeah they are so so often are i think aren't they or they live Most at the, the end time. of the kitchen table don't they <laughs> that pile it's finding the time isn't it I yeah we'll do the physical workout side and then be right I'll start the paperwork and you would be sat there till 11 o'clock at night doing the paperwork so it's just finding the time to do it it is and I know like my dad always used to do it on the rainy days so like all the really bad mm. rainy days so I think maybe there's a lot of farmers that have caught up with their paperwork the last few weeks maybe <laughs> yes perhaps yeah <laughs> all the all everything's going to be on in on time this year <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> what was it like growing up on uh, the farm as a child it was idyllic, uh, as you can imagine, just running free. Mum would kick us out of the house and then as long as we were back for tea, that was fine. My brother was always um, trying to get involved and from an early age, you know, sat on the tractor with Dad. Um, he was really interested in machinery. Um, yeah. And, it, I mean, it was hard because you were expected to work. As soon as you were old enough, you were turning the sheep or going and finding lambs in sheds and you you really had to muck in but I think they're good life lessons whether you continue on the farm or not they really are good life lessons growing up there oh gosh no definitely I would totally agree I think uh, it is one of the best childhoods from you know just being in that the idyllic of the countryside but 
also that work ethic as well, isn't it? That you do all get involved and definitely you, you know what graft is from an early age yeah so, uh, it, it comes easily from there on in and how did that help you then sort of going back the other way so when you did go into um work away from the farm did you sort of find maybe your attitude to work to work was maybe differently to some of your peers or i think it was really um because i was willing it, i didn't bat an eyelid if you had to put extra hours in um or do additional work it just it, it it came quite naturally. Nine to five was a bit alien, so um, yes. I think that helped me get promoted, really, because you were willing to work and work hard and probably be a little bit too plain speaking, perhaps. Yes. as well. Yeah, that can sometimes, uh, that can shock people sometimes, can't it? It's like, well, it is a spade, so I'm calling it a spade. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, if anyone knows me, they've had to deal with that all my life, so uh, I don't think I'll be changing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you should either. <laughs> When um, with the farm, though, was you know, although you were expected to be involved, was the you know, was the the opportunity then for you to come back? Just thinking of you know, like the traditional roles within agriculture, that it's usually the eldest son or the son that takes over the farm. Well, uh, yes, I mean, I know those stereotypes, and a lot of people do conform to that. Luckily, my dad has always been very, very forward thinking. It, it was irrelevant that I was a girl or that I was the younger sibling. He encouraged myself and my older brother very much um, and never put any um, particular roles on us. So I have my dad to thank a lot for that. Um, and it's meant that I've grown up never having to conform to any of those stereotypes. Um, it also means that I can't cook a meal at all, <laughs> but I can lamb a sheep very well. So we've got to get our skills into priority here. I think lambing the sheep is much more important. <laughs> I think so, but maybe if you were to come for a meal with me, well, you would agree. I'll, I'll bring my own. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's really important, isn't it? Like, um, it's too often. I think we do see those traditional um, views still happening. But I, that's what I, again I love about Instagram. There's so many female farmers on there sharing their stories. Massively, it's it's very encouraging, um, and because I'm a lot of the female farmers that are up and coming are younger than me, and um, I love it that they're so confident. I've oh. had to get my confidence and deal with perhaps the older generation at auction mart saying, "Where's your husband?" or yes. "Can I speak to the farmer?" and then I'm sort of having to be overly confident to make up for the fact that they all think I'm not perhaps doing the role I should be. You have to yourself um but once they do take you seriously you're fine with them <laughs> yeah yeah and, and has that been sort of more at those sort of auction marts and when the rep turns upon the yard and expecting to see the absolutely yeah. and it's generally um no disrespect to them but it's the older male farmers um older than myself the younger generation i'm 41 and the younger generation than me just don't see a gender divide at all you're just a farmer they assume you're a farmer but the older generation who are perhaps a little more traditional and have grown up in different times do do a double take that it's me unloading the sheep or that it's me in the ring selling the animals. Yeah, and how does that make you feel? Like I, when I used to sort of, um, I spent one summer, it was like driving tractors with trailers and people would stop at a junction and look and see a girl driving ice and think, yes, you know, a bit of, bit of empowerment there. Do you get that or are you still a bit like, oh, you know, have you... Yeah, because you've been home for quite a long time now on the farm. Yeah, I mean, um, 
initially when I was younger and when I was just starting up and everything was a new experience, the confidence isn't there and you can allow other people perhaps to bring you down a little with their comments or their ideas. But I'm kind of an old hand at it now. People do know me around this area and um, it's not something that bothers me or, or that happens a lot now at all. So I'm quite happy about that. And I think the, I think the younger farmers hopefully won't have as much of that to deal with. No, I, I don't think they will. I think, and that's again, I think that positive from social media and just seeing that, isn't it? And then I suppose yeah. being part of organisations like the Young Farmers and what have you. Absolutely, it? absolutely, it's great. Seeing big changes. What is like one of your favourite memories of growing up on the farm? It would have to be, I've always loved, um, the working dogs and it would have to be messing around with puppies or my dad's dogs um, taking them up the fields pretending I could round up sheep with them. <laughs> yeah. um, I just have always had an affinity with dogs and, and still love them so they've got some of my best memories definitely. And what is that relationship like with the working dog? It's well it's everything to be honest they're so loyal they work so hard for you you know they look at you and they're just want to please you well most of the time they want to please you but <laughs> yes. it's it's a very very close bond uh, and it's not like anything else really I think if you have a, a dog that lives and works with you it's your family um obviously with the sheep dogs they are um, how many sheep dogs do you have um I've got four at the moment is that they uh with um how many sheep was that over 1500 ewes around so that's they obviously yes. all working hard <laughs> They are, they all work hard. My, my brother as well, he has uh, he has a couple of working dogs as well. So they do work hard, but they've all got very different characters. Um, some are, want to work and don't want to cuddle. Some only want to cuddle. Um, <laughs> yes. Some are more shy, some are more bold, which is all part of the charm, really. They do all have their own personalities. They do, don't they? And, they, and then also they obviously all have a certain job as well, I should imagine. Some are more like the big roundup, some of the yards workers, are they? And... Um, yeah, yeah there's some, um, unfortunately I lost uh, Flash, one of our older dogs, just the other week, bless oh, her, yeah. and she was uh, what I would call a capturing dog, so she would specialise in singling out a particular yow, yow, if it was poorly or if it was having trouble lambing, you could send her and she'd single that yow out and corner for it so that you could capture it, she was, she was excellent at that. What does farming mean to you? Well... I mean, it's a cliche that it's a way of life, but it is a way of life. It, it really grounds you. You have to deal with reality early on. You have to deal with the lovely, beautiful elements of farming, where you're lambing and bringing new life into the world. You're seeing some beautiful nature, landscapes and sunset. But there's also the mud and blood and guts, you know, there's mm. the reality of life and the harshness of nature. And I think when you're immersed in that, it, it alters you and it gets into your soul. And I think that's what farming is. And, and that's what it would be nice if people could understand that that is what farming is and that is what farmers do. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really like that. I think that's really important what you've just said. And it is that connection with the earth, isn't it? And nature what? is good and it's bad and it's the highs and the lows, isn't it? 100 percent um and and you know going back to the social media hopefully it gives people a window into seeing that because i think there's a more than ever hopefully it will change shortly but there's a massive disconnect with people who live and work in the countryside and people who don't mm. and uh, you know it's not the fault of people who don't work in the countryside that they don't know about it but 
perhaps the media is spinning an incorrect image of us and what we do and we can counteract that uh, and show that we are guardians and caretakers of the countryside and how much we care for our animals and expose that so that people who aren't familiar with us can see how much we care and see our passion. Yeah, because you have to care for your animals, don't you? It's just like, if you don't care for them, they won't work for you, will they? And no, you, 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 if you don't care for your animals, you shouldn't be farming. I mean, number one, you have to have their health and welfare as a priority because they are animals in your care, but also they're not going to do well and make you any money if you neglect them. So across all fronts, uh, any good farmer looks after their livestock very well and it's a top priority. And just to be a bit of a devil's advocate then, so when, I'm going to mention the V word, I'm afraid, <laughs> and um, they uh, say, well, obviously you can't care for your animals because you're going to ultimately, they're going to be eaten um, at the end of the day. What do you what do you say to that? Because that is the ultimate thing, isn't it? We, you know, as a farmer, you're rearing animals, you're bringing, you know, you're going to be lambing shortly, bringing mm. those in. But within sort of the year, a lot of those lambs, the majority of the lambs will be um, going through the slaughterhouse. So how do you like how do you counteract that? Well, I, th I think you have to counteract it on several fronts. I think you have to um, respect people's choices and the way they want to live their life as long as they respect yours. Uh, the reality is that the animals are raised for slaughter and for consumption, that's the reality. But also the important reality is the life they have and the care they have before they do go for slaughter. Uh, so show people what you do, how they're cared for, how they live in pastures, how they're grass fed, um, and how passionate farmers are about looking after them. And don't get aggressive with the argument. Mm. As soon as you start getting shouty or aggressive or calling it them and us, I think you lose the argument. Uh, to be calm and collective and show them what you do and showcase what they do and show up the people who are making non-arguments uh, as being ill-informed and ill-educated, I think it's the way forward. It shouldn't be a them and us. It should be an us educating them and that's our responsibility to do that. Oh, yes, I think that's really important, isn't it? That it is, as farmers, it is responsibility to educate people with that. And um, and again, I think, as you just said, not to be shouty and get into the argument. Um, because that's sort of, you know, once you get into that riled, isn't it? The argument's lost, yeah, isn't it? And, and it absolutely. is that. Um, absolutely. And, and there are always going to be people at the extreme end of things that are going to be more aggressive with it and are never going to see your point of view and don't want to see your point of view no, and only don't. push forward their points. Um, but there's just nothing you can do about those people and you just have to let them be. You're, you're never going to win an argument. No, you're not, are you at all? Have you have you got into any arguments yourself? Well, not you've just said you wouldn't, but have, it, have people tried or have you just been really lucky that um, through your Instagram that people have just been really positive towards your stories? I would say, you know, 95% it is positive feedback. I have had comments and I have had direct messages. If they are wanting to engage in proper discourse and trying to have a conversation, I will have a conversation with them. If it's just throwaway comments or ridiculous comments, frankly, I just ignore it. 
But if, if they're willing to put a case forward and want to hear my side of it and still disagree, that's fine. Um, but just don't, uh, there's no need to be rude or ignorant about it with anyone, I don't think. No. Why do you think there is this disconnect uh, with between the public now to what farming is? Well, it's, a, it's I'm going to sound really old, but it, it's, it's a modern thing. If you go back a few generations, people's uncles or granddads were farmers or at least worked out in the countryside or there was a there was some connection there you got your veg from the veg plot or you knew someone within your family that was farming or you go on a holiday to a farm um so there's always some connection no matter where you lived with the countryside now you can be born raised live work go on holidays retire and die without really having any exposure to the countryside you don't need to go uh, out into the countryside to get your food there's you do, if you don't want to you can live all your life uh, within the city or away from the countryside so having that lifestyle you will have no connection and you will have no empathy with the people who are out there working and living there so it's not the person's fault that they haven't been out to the countryside but there just is a large divide there now there is, isn't there? And it just seems to be getting bigger. It's actually uh, on the radio yesterday, I think it was uh, Stephen Fry anyway, and he was just saying like, well, now you, you don't actually even need to leave your house, do you? Because you can get everything delivered, yeah. be it by a supermarket for your food and, you know, um, Amazon. You, you, so you don't even, and you don't actually need to pick up a phone anymore and speak to somebody because you can text. So there's just that the sort of disconnect in society anyway, isn't there, I think? There is, there is, and I think farming advocates are important because if people are going on social media and are watching the telly, that is the place where they're going to be learn and be educated about things. So you need more people like, uh, whether you like them or not, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall or mm. um, Jamie Oliver and Jimmy's Farm, these kind of people putting things forward um, in the media to counteract what is quite a negative media and press at the moment um, and show people what we are and what we do get get out there you know it's very it's all well and good having conferences within the industry and everyone patting their back within the industry but it needs to be without the industry that we showcase it I don't think we're doing it enough no and what would you say to those farmers because I, I have heard a few sort of say oh well I don't have time to do social media or and someone even said, oh, it's not, it's not my job to educate the public. What would you say to them? Well, I mean, I understand that you are busy and you just want to get on with your job, rear your animals or grow your crops, get paid for them and crack on. And, and I totally get that. That is important. But going forward, you have to look at the realities of modern life. And if in the future you want your child or your grandson or the next generation to be able to farm, you are going to have to have a voice. You can't ignore it. You are going to have to, even just a little bit, get involved somehow with putting a message out there. Or you never know, the industry may change dramatically for the worse and you've had no part in at least trying to save it. Yeah, and I think that's like really important. Again, it's like if the industry, you've got to yeah, save the industry that you're in, isn't it? And really push that forward. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way things are going. You can't just sit on your hill farm anymore and expect the same prices, the same uh, support from the public that you've always had. You, you're going to have to interact more, I think. 
And do you get off farm much? Do you sort of go to conferences or training days and anything like that? I do struggle, I will be honest, because we have so much on, like I was just saying, yes. it's difficult to get out. I think it's important to, and um, this last couple of years I've tried to be a little bit away from the farm, just because it, it, it's uh, for your own sanity a little. I don't think it's healthy to be totally immersed in the pressures and stress all the time. Um, but it is good to get out there and using a horrible term network as it were but meet other people and, and get out there I think it's very important yeah and have you got a good like community around you um like the farm farming community a rural community yes. very very lucky in the dales really because there are a lot of farmers on the estate where I am and, and just in general um that you meet and, and know quite well you have a good community and all the villages round and about they're all very supportive of the farmers um, and it's nice everyone knows you you know everyone um, and the auction mart's very important, I think, for a lot mm. of farmers to it's a social day out. Not only are they selling their animals, but they're meeting up with people, having a cup of tea and, and catching up with folk as well. Yeah, and I, I think that is really important. I um, I did a project on um, two of the local auction marts in, near home in Wales. And just such important places for the community, aren't they? Just for that, you know, the chat and the cup of tea um, and getting off the farm. Totally, totally. I think I think farmers look forward to it. They can they can have a laugh, as it were. They can yeah. see the mates. You know, they can dissect what they've been doing all week. Talk about the worries. You know, and and have a day away from the farm. And often because they are so busy, or if they're not a social animal, that is the only time that they're, they're out and about. So it's hugely important. Going back to your farm, what's your what's the favourite place on your farm? Uh, there is there's a particular field that we call Packhorse Field. It has an old ancient Packhorse Bridge going over it and an old drover's route. And it's not the most productive field. It's not farming-wise the easiest field to farm. But if I'm just there on the quad bike, it's it's beautiful. It's got a beautiful area, beautiful landscape. I kind of switch off, sit with my dog and maybe get my flask out and just enjoy that because it's important to stop and take it all in. So that's my favourite field, yeah. Yeah. Just sort of thinking about that just felt really emotive and maybe it's the sort of being able to envisage all those people that have walked that path as well and drove in their stock um yeah it's it's lovely to be involved in somewhere where there's so much history and i think a lot of people when their farms have been passed on from lots of generations you have that feeling you belong and that your your forefathers are there farming and, and you're continuing it on and it's it's a lovely feeling and perhaps not one that a lot of people get these days no, I, I don't think they would do. And I, I think that's, again, isn't it just really important? So like the valley um, in Wales where mum and dad's farm is, that, you know, the same families have been there for many, many generations. And I think mm. being part of that is just so important. It is, um, it is home and it really is then as, you know, your forefathers. and um, Yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like home. And something I've said before on Instagram is, you feel hefted, which is the term where you have sheep that are hefted to their area of land and they never wander away. That's their home, even though there's no boundaries. So I think farmers can be hefted to their farm as well. Oh, I love that. I really do. Because um, I always just refer to the farm in Wales. That is home. And um, mm. from that farm, there was, oh, I can't remember, like a lot of children. I think it was like 12 and they all scattered the world. But actually... Mm. most will make a pilgrim back um you know to this home the homestead really 
and uh, yeah, they're, it's because they're being hefted back. <laughs> That's what it That's is. That's it. Being hefted. That's yeah, because right. yeah. <laughs> it's just always there, isn't it? And uh, you know, everyone's very proud of that fact that they all come from this one small part of Wales, which uh, I, I, oh, love I can them. imagine. Yeah. And, and when you know the land well, you know every nook and cranny in the land. You know where not to go with your tractor. You know where you've built a wall up badly in my case, but where you've built a wall up or you've done fencing. You, you know it intimately uh, more than anyone else does and, and you feel it's yours yes you're, you're the custodian to that land mm, yeah you're the guardian the custodian and uh, it like you say it's home yeah what's the future for the, the farmer um my brother i have a, a young niece and nephew yeah. who are primary school age um and you never know you don't want to apply pressure to the next generation but my young nephew you have to prize him away from the farm, you know, and uh, he, he already is telling me how to do things. <laughs> so I have a feeling he may continue on into the farm. Yeah. Um, he told me the other day that I was using my uh, brake, my fork, incorrectly. Uh, so I'm going to get told what to do very quickly, I think. So you, you never know. You never know. You shouldn't apply pressure to the kids. They need no. to decide what they want to do. But you always have that hope that the, they will continue it on. But if not, that's fine as well. I just want to enjoy my life, enjoy the farming, and hopefully leave the land in a better condition than I found it in. Yeah, well, judging from what I've seen on Instagram, I, I, I think you will be doing that. Um, yeah, I just oh, thank you. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, like you'll just as you know, you said you like the interest in the pictures, and it is, it's just so nice to see. It's. Um, uh, I do get very envious of seeing all these uh, all these uh, lady farmers as well. I'm like, oh, yeah. I should be out on well, the quad you bike. Have remember, <laughs> you have to remember, for every photograph of a, of a beautiful animal against the sunset, there is also that animal that's got its head stuck in the fence oh, that we've been trying to get out for half an hour and have to go yes. and get the fence cutters um, and a little bit of swearing going on. There is that as well. Yeah, <laughs> and the one that's like cast and yeah, and the tractor won't yeah. start. And, oh no, yeah, completely. <laughs> then there's the reality. Maybe we should have like, there should be like the reality of Instagram of that. and. Well, yeah, I, I do try and put things on that are, it's not all sort of rose-tinted glasses. I do try and put uh, other things on as well. So hopefully it's it's realistic. Oh, yeah. No, I, it is. It's just sort of thinking, uh, yeah, poddling around in this beautiful weather. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, has its, um, it has its moments, but the, the good outweigh the bad by a long, long way. So what are your, what are the hopes for the future for farming then from up in the Yorkshire Dales? I'm hoping that um, the government shows support for farming. I'm hoping that there is more uh, security ahead because there's a lot unknown uh, with coming out of Europe and what's happening in the subsidy system and where exactly the new government wants to go. They have such an important bearing on what happens. So I hope the support is there so that the dales around here can continue to be farmed how they have for generations. I totally understand you have to farm profitably, you have to be there to make money, um, but you also do need the support to continue how you are, yeah. Because obviously farming is a huge part of the Yorkshire Dales, it is what the Yorkshire Dales is, isn't it? Like those landscapes and... Oh, massively, the stone barns, the old dry stone walls, um, the scenery, the hay meadows, it, it is beautiful and maybe millions of people come every year and in the summer to to experience it, to walk in it, to enjoy the countryside. And I just hope that they realise 
what an important role farmers and gamekeepers and all the industries that work in the countryside play in maintaining that countryside that people love to enjoy. Oh, completely. Yes, I would totally agree with you there. And I think that's just so important. And I think that's where, as you've mentioned already, that farmers using things like social media can really push that out and really showing what they are doing for for the landscape and for the land isn't it and that there's such an integral part of that it's an opportunity it's a it's a window you can show people into your world and i think it's a, a great opportunity to farmers that they shouldn't miss really no well claire i know you've got a busy day ahead of you um (laughs) so i would just like to thank you so much for speaking to me today and also just so much for your sharing your farming story on instagram i find it really inspiring and uh it's just uh, you know one of those stories that does bring lots of joy to my my life um and i yeah i just think it's so important so thank you so much for that well, thank you. That's a lovely thing to say. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm inspiring, but I'm glad you enjoy the account and I'm glad it brings you a little pleasure. Excellent. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and thank you ever so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.